Chapter 29 The family trip to Paris went ahead as scheduled. It was paid for, after all. There had been some argument whether they should be going at all, but this was a trip of a lifetime, and wiser heads prevailed so off they went. Some last-minute adjustments had been made to compensate for changes in list of travellers. Some destinations were switched out as well. It was an overnight flight, and the lights had been dimmed as people prepared to sleep on the flight over. Gabriella leaned back in the plush first-class seat and sipped at the champagne she hoped would help her sleep. A shiver went down her spine as her mind flashed back to that horrible night a little more than two months earlier. Catherine looked at her curiously to know what had caused her friend's face to suddenly look so sad. Gabriella forced a smile back on her face and shook her head to dispel the memory. She looked at Miriam and Daniel, who were so occupied with their tablets they were missing the entire first-class experience. She whispered to them that they should try to get some sleep as well. Catherine turned back to her daughters, who were busy arguing over whether or not they were going to visit Jim Morrison's grave at the Père Lachaise Cemetery in Paris or not. None of them were really familiar with the singer, but they'd been told it was the thing to do. They'd have extra time in Paris due to the itinerary changes, so they were trying to work out how to best fill the time. She smiled at the beautiful young ladies. This trip was such a gift. To spend time in France with her daughters was something she'd never have been able to do without. She had to stop as she was getting too choked up. She didn't want to cry and arrive in Paris with her makeup running down her face. Tina was the last-minute addition to the trip. She had made some adjustments to her university summer courses to be able to go on the trip. She'd be taking night courses to compensate when she returned. Daphne was watching Christopher and with Joshua to play with. He'd be fine while she was away. Tina was dwarfed by the first-class seat, but she just tucked her legs up and tried to relax. She was glad she was here. She couldn't remain home alone. Gabriella noticed Tina's upset first and reached across to her. Tina took the offered hand and they squeezed each other's hands. Catherine leaned forward and asked if she was okay. Tina nodded shakily and Catherine raised an eyebrow. Tina smiled guiltily, caught in the lie. Kat checked her watch and nodded at Gabriella. Gabriella leaned over to Tina. It's time. Tina undid her seatbelt and quickly stepped over to the window seat. She lifted the corner of the blanket and snuggled in next to the sleeping man. She gently nudged him until he woke up. It is time for your medicine, Ben, she whispered. He sighed. He'd been having a lovely dream. His health was their number one priority. Gabriella came over with a cup of water and the pill, just something to prevent infection in a wound that had healed weeks ago. Right, don't argue, he took the pill with a smile. He felt Tina trembling, so he put his arm around her. He looked up at Gabriella in worry. Tina had taken his death the hardest. She was still having nightmares and couldn't be out of contact with him for longer than a day. Ben was going to have her see a counsellor when they got back. The third time, Ben's heart stopped Dr. Padme, made a dangerous decision. The final wound he was working on was right next to Ben's heart. The pressure of its beating was making it impossible to safely suture the large 
dangerous wound, so he decided to leave the heart still while he quickly finished. The women became frantic as the heart monitor drone went on and on. When he finished, he used the paddles to restart Ben's heart, but he wasn't responding. He tried three times, but Ben's heart remained still. His gamble was for nothing. When the doctor leaned back, the women screamed for him to try again. Tina had been the loudest. She wailed for Ben to come back. He didn't know if it was due to the residual charge from the shock paddles, or if it had been the sound of their cries, but Ben's heart began to beat on its own, and he rallied once more. Ben kissed the top of Tina's head and felt the trembling ease. Gabriella gave the young woman a fond smile, then leaned in to get a kiss from Ben, which he gladly gave. Ben's mind whirled as her sensual lips took his breath away. As usual, he had difficulty ending his kiss with Gabriella, and she seemed reluctant as well. Her eyes promised a continuation later. As she pulled back, Ben saw the attendant was standing behind her, giving him a surprised look. She did a double take when she caught sight of the fine white line that crossed his cheekbones and bisected the ridge of his nose. He recalled Trisha's words when she got her first look at his new facial feature. Damn, I like it. It gives you a really dangerous badass presence. It's really hot. Yeah, you're one bad motherfucker. Ha 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 Trish howled with laughter for quite some time as she caught the truth behind her words. Catherine also admitted to him later that the scar made her hot. Ben realized the attendant was still staring, so he blushed, which just accentuated the white line. He looked out the window, breaking the woman's daze, and she moved on. Gabriella took her seat again and buckled in. She put on the complimentary sleep mask and reclined back with a satisfied smile. Kat saw the look and moved across to see Ben as well. Think you're up for a visit to the lavatory? She asked with a cheeky grin. Ben grimaced. If she hadn't mentioned it, he likely wouldn't have noticed, but now he had to go. Tina got a kiss and a squeeze and headed back to her seat. Catherine helped Ben up. She'd taken the task of assisting Ben as, at first, his chest had been a little tender with the dozen or so puncture wounds only newly healed. The plane was becoming quiet as everyone settled down for a good night's sleep. Ben looked forward to getting back to his dream. He stepped into the washroom and Catherine waited outside to help him back into his seat afterwards. Ben was surprised how much more room the first-class washroom had. It was still cramped, but he could at least turn around. He did his business and cleaned up. When he flicked the lock open and Catherine stepped inside, she locked it behind her. Ben, it's been too long, she moaned quietly as she rubbed her palms across his groin and kissed along his jawline. Catherine, we're in the washroom for Pete's sake, he growled quietly. She bent her knees and dropped down to rub her cheek against his swelling cock. Just like the first time she said with a wicked grin. Ben recalled the embarrassing event, and he got harder. She unzipped his pants and pulled his cock out the opening. Instantly, her mouth sucked in the thick head, and her tongue was swirling all over his hard flesh. She began to take his cock deeper into her mouth, and Ben had to put his hand over his mouth to stifle his groans of ecstasy.
That felt so good, and it had been so long. Cat pulled back and looked at the slick cock in her hand. She stoked it once to ensure it was well lubricated. She struggled back to her feet, then tugged down her own slacks and panties. She turned around and thrust her ass back at Ben. He got the idea and guided his cock up to her wet entrance. God, she was ready. She tried to open her legs wider, but her slacks weren't helping. Ben pushed the fat head against her puffy lips and steadily increased the pressure until he popped inside. Catherine yelped and slapped a hand over her mouth. She and Ben held their breath and waited, but they heard no one. Ben was still slowly sliding deeper into Cat's hot wetness, and she was beginning the tremble from the incredible sensations. Ben reached forward and gripped Catherine's hips. He pulled her back while thrusting and drove it home. Cat squeaked, then bore down on the huge cock, filling her up. It felt so heavenly. Ben moaned from the sensation of Catherine squeezing her pussy around his cock. They went still again and listened. Still nothing. Ben pulled his cock back, then slammed it home. Cat made a muted grunt from behind her palm, and her eyes rolled up. He did it again and felt her getting wetter as the thrust was easier. He began to pump her hard and fast as he knew they were pressing their luck at getting caught. Catherine's moans were leaking past her fingers and Ben increased his speed. He was careful to not jostle himself, but the wet, slapping noise of his pelvis hitting Cat's ass was becoming louder. He felt Cat's orgasm begin as a ripple of pressure ran down the side of his cock. She was breathing hard and squeezing her eyes shut as he slammed home three more times. He pulled her ass against his pelvis and rocked side to side to maximize his pleasure as he shot blast after blast into Catherine's trembling sex. She threw her head back, but stifled her scream, resting her head on his shoulder. He slid his hands up her sides and around to her small breasts. He cupped them with his hands and gently squeezed her nipples. He felt the reaction on his cock as she rocked through an aftershock. Ben leaned back against the counter and slid his cock free. He wiped himself clean as best he could as Cat leaned forward to rest her forehead against the cool surface of the door jamb. That was so good, Ben. He got some tissues in place as she began to drip. She took over and cleaned herself. Ben helped her get her panties back up her legs, then her slacks. He stuffed his semi-hard cock back into his pants. She turned to face him and gave him a deep, passionate kiss. Hey, we weren't supposed to kiss like that when we are separating for the night, he growled. Oh, right. Well, next time. She grinned and stepped out the door as he recalled his own words. He was about to step out when Tina stepped in and locked the door behind herself. She placed her palm on his zipper and smiled to feel the firmness there, with deft movements dropped her yoga pants and panties to the floor. Then she unzipped him and slid his cock out onto her palm. In her other hand were two packets of lubricant from his stash. She smiled up at him and tore one of the packs open with her teeth. She squeezed it over his cock and spread it over his skin. She dropped the packet into the trash and tore the second pack open. She slathered it onto his flesh as well. Her touch began to feel very good, and he went rock hard. She pushed Ben back and ran her slick hand over her pussy, 
and pushed two fingers deep into herself to spread the lube around. She gasped at the feel of her fingers. Ben lifted her up to sit on the edge of the counter. He braced her there as he guided himself to her opening and rubbed the fat head against her swollen lips. He pushed inside and the lubricant helped ease his way deep into her. Ben ran his fingers into Tina's hair and he took a grip with his left hand. He felt her begin to tremble with need, so he pulled almost all the way out and slammed it home. He muffled her cries of joy against his chest. He found her a comfortable spot and she clung to him as he began to pound deeply into her. Tina's breath was coming in gasps and she felt totally overwhelmed by his need. It was heaven. She screamed silently into his shirt as he wiggled a finger down between her cheeks and stroked across her rosebud. Suddenly, she was coming, and her clamping was so strong she wrung Ben's second orgasm from him. His head went back in bliss as jet after jet surged into her depths. They rested against each other for a few minutes. Then Ben pulled out. Tina was ready with the freshening wipes to get them both clean. She tucked him away, then pulled up her clothes. He leaned down and gave her a deep kiss until she wobbled a little on her feet. He pulled back and he could see exhaustion and bliss battling it out in her expression. Go get some sleep, he whispered gently, and she nodded, opened the door, and stepped out. Instantly, Megan stepped inside and pulled the door closed. Megan, no, I can't, Ben growled. She squeaked in surprise and spun around. Ben, I have to pee. Get out. Surprise! Then embarrassment flared over his face. Oh, right. Sorry. He was mortified by his mistaken assumption. Megan opened the door, and Ben squeezed by. He could have sworn that he felt a hand drag across the front of his pants as he stepped outside, but he was too embarrassed to say. The same attendant was standing in the little galley when he closed the door. She gave him a scowl, and his face flushed, except the scar. She looked away, suddenly intimidated. He caught her reaction and sighed. He made his way back to his seat. Catherine was waiting for him and helped him down. He didn't even feel a twinge any longer, so he told her she didn't need to help him sit anymore. But I like you depending on me, she said with a frown. Catherine, if you haven't caught on by now, how much I need you. She smiled, gave him a quick kiss, and returned to her seat. Ben caught another conflicted stare from the attendant who couldn't seem to keep herself from watching him. He tucked the blanket around himself and settled in for a good night's sleep, or its airline equivalent. His mind was buzzing happily from the first sex he'd had since returning home from the hospital. He tried to calm his thoughts so he could get back to his dream. Instead, he immediately thought of Trish, who would have been the first one to jump at the chance to have sex in a plane with him. She'd been exceptionally affectionate with him once he'd come home from the hospital. Something had changed for her. Those first days home were a blur. The painkillers and the extended sleeping and Tina's constant vigil made the days blend together. Once he'd weaned off the drugs, his mind cleared and the visits began. Ashley and her daughters were amongst the first as they had continued to live with them due to their house's services still being off. Ben discovered she was in some legal and financial difficulty. As a final insult 
from the grave Eli's estate was willed entirely to his father. Ben called his lawyer and paid for him to straighten that out. He also got on the phone and called Jacob Stern to let him know his grandkids needed his support. The old man came through, and Ashley got full ownership of the house, Eli's shares in the company, and a minimal lump sum insurance settlement. Unfortunately, the home ownership transfer came with the mortgage as well. Ben bought her house from her, allowing her to live there with a similar deal he'd given Trish, and they finally got their services working. Ben promised her some amazing renovations once he got back on his feet. Tina remembered Ashley's look when they talked about Tina's plans for the fall, so she suggested Ashley might like to attend university as well. Ben fully supported that idea and told Tina to make it happen. Daphne, who was quite taken with Joshua, was delighted for Ben to pay for one of the last available spots for him in her daycare. As Eli had destroyed his car during his drunken escape, Ben asked Tina to give Ashley the keys to the Buem Savi in the garage of her old house. Tina made the arrangements, and Ben paid for the insurance. Now Tina would have a lift to university in the fall. Ashley was overwhelmed by Ben's generosity and the support of her friends. Madison and Savannah looked at him with hero worship plainly in their eyes, and Tina had to scoot them from the room before Ben got too uncomfortable. He was pleased to hear Tina had gotten the house a replacement door the day after the break. In, and Ben had ideas on how to improve on that and the panic room door, which, while it worked, would also need replacing. He was itching to get to work on those tasks, but Tina said no. Ben was also eager to work on her old house, but aside from getting the services back on, he'd have to wait until he was better. He'd have to wait until he was better. He had plans for that house and had already spoken with Louis and Jacqueline Hernandez about their son Raymond's upcoming wedding. It seems he and his fiancée were looking for a place to rent and had found what they could afford to be discouraging at best. Now there would be a happy surprise at the wedding. Dr. Granger, who was not popular amongst the women in his life, had come to his house to give him an assessment. Ben didn't react at all when she mentioned the name Mrs. Cosburn, or Walter Cosburn, or Richard Fenn. He didn't recognize the names at all. The doctor seemed troubled by that, but Ben felt fine. She told him she wanted him to start coming in for sessions when he could, and he promised he would. She wanted to try hypnotherapy. That sounded like fun. He was finally able to put his mind at ease. He'd done what he could for now, and made arrangements for things he could do later. After the close calls he'd had, he spent time with his lawyer and made sure everyone he cared for would be taken care of, should lightning strike yet again, but more permanently. That list of people kept growing, but that just made him feel good. He was surrounded by so many good people. All Ben had to do now is get some sleep and concentrate on enjoying his first trip to Europe. If they could just play it low-key, keep to themselves, avoid drawing attention and risky activities, such as joining the Mile High Club twice, they might just have a calm and peaceful holiday. He looked across the happy faces of the beautiful woman beside him. Yeah, who was he kidding?